Welcome to episode one of Weekly Tea Time, where we sit, sip tea, and discuss issues concerning women, health, and culture, and how sometimes, funnily, <laughs> they're all tied together. I'm your host, Nasteha Ibrahim, and in a few minutes, we're going to have uh, our guests join us, uh, Asma Ibrahim, Qatar Al-Assad, and Safiya Yusuf. We're going to talk about the subject of FGM, also known as uh, female genital mutilation. What's FGM, you may ask? Well, if you don't know, you've been living under a rock. Uh, to kickstart our podcast, we are starting with an activism slash um, uh, artistic collaboration f- documentary that is done by between Alice Walker and Printia Palmer. I'm sorry if I'm saying her name wrong, but she's a legendary filmist. Uh, and this film is like no other. It focuses on uh, an issue that affects a hundred and millions of women around the world. Uh, in simple form to explain, female genital mutilation is done in is practiced in a variety of forms, but simply it's a procedure that is involves particular or total removal of the external female genitalia. Uh, but it's done for non-medical reasons. It's done in a lot of countries, but in this discussion, we're going to focus on uh, Africa and Islam and how these two issues usually they uh, pass each other. They're usually associated with each other. This uh, cultural ritual dates back to ancient Egypt, which is surprising because it's really funny, actually. This documentary called uh, Female Genital Mutilation and the Sexual Binding is a documentary that has moved so many and has even helped create some laws in America, in North America, to prevent this issue. This remarkable film unlocks, uh, unlocks some of the cultural and political complexes surrounding this issue. Uh, Alice Walker interviews uh, women from Senegal, Gambia, Faso, the United States, in England, uh, concerned and affected women that have been affected by this issue uh, personally, uh, with interrupts with uh, Walker's reflection on the subject. Uh, like any other documentary, this documentary does not start like the other I've seen before. This is a remarkable. The way that this film starts is amazing. From the beginning, uh, the the writer Alice Walker states that she doesn't wanna she doesn't wanna stand on the uh, sidelines and interview people. She wants to be part of their life. She wants to talk to them, make them feel comfortable, and know what they're feeling like on a personal level. Uh, not that personal, but on a personal level. Uh, she talks about how she had an injury when she was growing up. Her brother hit her with the gun on the eye, a fake gun, <laughs> luckily, and she almost went blind. And how, just like female mutilation, this subject has no social and sufficient sufficient justification on it, but yet it's still done. The film Warrior Marks is the most intriguing and transparent film ever to address the subject. Uh, I've ever seen in, that I have ever seen in my lifetime. This movie is passionate and explores these modern yet ancient worldwide customs. This film is to inform people about female genital mutilation and its harms. After studying uh, the subject, but while writing her novel uh, *Possessing the Secret of Joy*, Walker created this film and authored another nonfiction book called *Warrior Marks* to accompany this film. From the start, Walker. Uh, tackles the taboo against criticizing and meddling in other uh, people's co- cultures and traditions and customs, which at some time feels like it needs to be meddled because culture isn't always nice things and food, you know, it, it has a lot of harmful things. Uh, Walker and Palmer, the filmmaker, 
demonstrate how the practice oppresses and tortures women. Hence, the title of the movie, Binding Women, Their Sexualities. Walker's personal commentary and stats are intercut with both uh, moving interviews with women from Senegal and other uh, countries that I've mentioned previously in Africa. Uh, And a dance performed by Raquel that elegantly expresses the painful aspect of this custom that broke my heart while watching this film. It's good to see uh, some women take an active and self-productive stance against this global spread of human mutilation. I sometimes don't hear it being discussed as much as it's being done because it's harming a lot of women just as we speak right now. And we have no idea about it. I feel like I have talked a lot through this podcast. It's time for me to introduce my guest. First up is Qatar al-Assad. Hello, my name is Kothler Al-Assad, and I am a freshman at Georgia State University, and I'm Nesteo's friend. Second is my sister, Asma Ibrahim. Hello, I am Asma Ibrahim, and I'm a freshman at Atlanta Technical College, and I'm happy to be here discussing this very important topic. And the last guest of the podcast is Safiya Youssef. Hi, I'm Safiya, Nesteo's younger cousin, and I'm glad to be here. As I watched this documentary, one quote that really stuck with me was this quote that was said by the, um, I believe, the Senegal uh, Commission of Abolishment for the Female Genital Mutilation. She said, if you cut women uh, just to open them again, then sew them again when the husband leaves, there's no justification. You're just doing this to control women. And that really stuck with me. What do you guys think about it? I think this quote is very impactful and basically sums up the whole idea of female genital mutilation. I I agree with you. It really does. She's also explaining how there's no reasonable explanation but that they want to control women's sexualities. It's no medical, just controlling. Right? This goes back to the the film's uh, title, Binding Women's Sexuality. All they're doing is to control women's sexuality and not let them enjoy life because this whole procedure is not for a woman not to have sex and not enjoy sex to be honest what do you think asma i agree with you i just think they're they're pulling through women's a lot of hardship pregnancy hardship period cramp i feel like girls who went through this have much harder time having normal periods and normal pregnancy than normal women's because i just feel like there's so much pressure and so much bad blood in their body that they just it's really bad for them no yeah like this whole procedure is to say oh your husband is here let's open you your husband's gone you're gonna feel you're gonna be a hoe so let's sew you up again because you know this is what you deserve which is kind of this literally says your object your 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 our object and we're gonna use it for however we feel like it if you guys remember a few days when i asked you guys to be my podcast I remember showing you guys a photo uh, that showed this woman lying on a uh, doctor's bed that showed her private parts, but this was no more, no more, more normal private parts. What did you guys think of it, that picture? As someone who also has like the same female v- genitalia as that picture, it really triggered me and it made me really mad that children go through this just for the sake of older men yeah women go through this from the age of seven even younger even younger sometimes, sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at the picture uh it made me question why exactly people do this 
if anybody deserves it. It looked very inhuman to me. Um, as a woman myself, I would not want to go through that with or without my choice. Um, that some people had those choices taken from them is something I would not want to imagine. Asma, I remember you being the most shocked. Uh, you were closing your eyes, telling me that you feel like you're going to shake, you had goosebumps. What did that bring to you? What kind of emotion did that bring? I just seen the picture. I never thought when, 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 thing, when things happen like these two happy girls, I just thought they didn't cut the whole thing. But when I look at the picture, it's like it doesn't look like a normal vagina. When, you go, when people go to the hospital, it doesn't look normal to me. Like I was just so weirded out that I didn't know what to say. It's totally not normal. And the thing that shocked me the most is the fact that I knew people that had gone through this. I believe my grandma has gone through this, something like this. My yeah. mom also. Uh, it's just shocking to see how I just never common. imagined Women, it would be like this. Right? I couldn't imagine the picture was. Like I just thought when they do when when I heard a story about it, it, they just cut it in a way that doesn't look like this. That doesn't that that doesn't make it look like a normal. Vagina. It's just I, I don't think know. the other thing is uh, in our cultures we don't in like most cultures that these things happen. We don't talk about it. We don't discuss it. No. So no one really knows what happens in that, uh, in that room. I remember during the documentary, she was interviewing the woman that does the circumcisions, and this lady was so secretive. She wouldn't tell her what she does, what she uses, what metals, what comes off the woman. Like everyone respects her to do this job, but she can't even explain it or talk about it. She goes, "It's respect that I can't even talk about it." Because of how extreme it is. How extreme it is. It just shows that she's even ashamed of it. Yeah. And it there shows. is no vitamin that people eat. There is no... Like when you go to the... There's no sedation for the girls. Yeah, I, I believe they, yeah. they don't give painkillers. Yeah, they uh, don't, don't give everyone. Mm. So women have to actually feel the pain they, of yeah, the they sewing. Really feel, and and the also they don't use stitches. They yeah. used to use thorns. Yeah. Thorns, thorns. a stick it's, it's that very, picture. like, unhealthy, too. It's even medically, it's not okay. That picture, I don't know if you've seen it, you can see thorns coming through it. Yes. it like, it wasn't regular stitches. Um, just us speaking about it, it obviously pains us, but imagine actually going through it. Like, yeah. seeing it and actually going through it is a different thing. It's totally Speaking different. of it and actually experiencing it, it's, like, not... Another thing that really stood out to me was when the lady, when Walker was interviewing the lady who does this surgery, she talked about how this um, is her occupation. I know it's kind of hard to think, how to think about this, but I couldn't imagine getting up every day being like, oh my God, let me go slaughter some kids, you know, like without painkillers, yeah. without anything. And <laughs> the, the thing that shocked me the most is that this uh, thing is passed down through generation. These women are respected in their cultures. Like, in this family, they're respected. They're, like, bowed down to uh, beyond compared. And I think how our cultures, it makes us pierce our ears at such an age, like, at two or three. Mm -hmm. I think that's how they look at it. It's just something that happens, and they just do it. They don't really even think about it. It just They go on and do it. And medically, it can kill someone because of how unprepared they are. Medically. Yes. But usually, I think when people talk about this topic, you, people usually go to medically. But they never talk about how this uh, female genital mutilation is a culture thing. 
It is. Like yeah. if you don't get if you don't get this thing, you're not gonna be accepted in that culture. Have you ever thought? Uh, about yeah, that? Some I've... some people actually some females are considered unmarriageable because yeah, yeah. they're not actually uh, done or haven't went through the process. Uh, if you're a mother and you don't want your daughter to get it, you'd be banned then, from them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So some women are considered not clean. You, if you don't even get this, you're considered not clean and unpure and unpure in those cultures. Yeah. The reason why I brought up medically is mm-hmm. because these people don't understand how it can put them at risk. They would rather die than be unmarried. Mm-hmm. That's how extreme it is. Some yeah. women actually bleed to death. Like a sad, a sad of the sounds, they bleed saying. to death because there's no painkillers. Yeah. There's no things that can stop the bleeding. They just get a knife. Zim, 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 and cut everything. The equipment aren't even clean it's sometimes. Like, cutting a woman's clitoris takes a lot more uh, than just a knife. Like, and it, it's little. usually about people who don't know how to cut it. They just go on and practice. And imagine those first people they practice on. Oh it's God. usually, they they probably will kill them. They will kill them. Yeah. One justification that people were, the walker heard, which was outrageous to me, was how women are blamed for having vaginas she even said that in some cultures uh, if the woman's clitoris is not cut it's gonna damage their crops which is poof out poof like you respect you expect her to give birth but that is the thing that's causing like the arousal of the clitoris I think it all comes stems from inner misogyny it's 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 been happening for years it's they're blaming women for just existing because they have vagina mm -hmm. it's it's just misogynistic. It's my, but they're using other reasons, like religion, yeah. like culture, to justify this. Even though it has no justification in any form. It does not exist form. at all. It doesn't exist. VGM is a practice that goes through generation and generation and generation. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking now from our today's generation, you can see that our parents and their parents as passed down as we go down the ladder, each generation is less severe and less painful than before, which gives us hope for the future that maybe this can come to an end at some point. Yeah, and we usually talk about the surgery, but we never talk about reconstruction. Because these women are going to go out to the world, have sex, have babies. And when it comes to having sex or having babies, instead of their wedding day being the happiest day of their life, they're sitting at a hospital waiting to be recut and be ready to have sex at night. And I believe some women don't go to hospitals. Like they just let the man do it for them, which is a lot very unsafe as well. A lot harmful, of, yes. I believe my grandma's generation, there was no doctors. A woman just came or your husband just came. They brought a knife. And the thing that uh, my mom told me that is very common, very hurtful. It's common, but it's very hurtful. Thank is you. that the man feels pride when he cuts the woman. Oh, it gives him power. It gives a sense of masculinity mm-hmm. that you get to cut her. It makes him feel strong. To take her virginity. Yeah. It's not just virginity at this point. It's literally it's manslaughter. You're literally bleeding her to death. Yeah, but I feel like it just, it relates to virginity. Instead of just taking it, you're cutting it to mm-hmm. claim uh, it for you. But also how you know how virginity there has to be blood comes out. Yeah. Yeah. If there's more blood, she's more pure. Ooh. It's very much toxic masculinity. It's literally repeating. It's a cycle that does not stop. I found this article called uh, Surgical Reconstruction in Female Genital Mutilation that basically talked about how two African women were admitted to a hospital for reconstruction surgery. And they both had type 3. And if you allow me to go back to type 3, is basically when everything is cut, even the clitoris, and it's shaved, uh, sewed, 
closed. All they have is a peeing hole where they can pee from. This article is interesting and it's focused on the surgical side of this. Please check it out. It's in the resource center of this podcast. Please check it out and see how the doctors uh, explain this phenomenon. Although there are a lot of justification people give, like cleanness and that it's Sunnah, which means religiously accepted, I agree with the title of the documentary and the sexual blinding of women. This practice solely is solely to control women and their sexuality. It has no place in religion at all, or does it? Well, that topic is for another time. This is all we have time for today. But next week, we'll be back to answer your question, your burning question on how female genital mutilation connects with Islam. What are the connections? Why do people associate them together? Is there a connection? Is there? Or is is it? isn't? Dun, 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 So, what I th- my, think- my thoughts for this episode was that it was very informative and educating to me as someone who had no idea about the topic until I met my friend Nastejo I think this just brought me more information that I did not know about the topic female mutilation uh, genital mutilation um, so yeah it was very eye-opening um, for me I actually did know about this people in my family did go through it um, but I was still able to learn a lot that I did not know. And right now, the only thing we can hope for is that this one day does come to an end because nobody deserves to be stripped from their rights. Um, and to and go their voice, it. yeah. But I feel like just us talking about it is bringing so much change. I feel like sometimes people think when uh, they are when they are trying to help something, they have to do something heroic. When they want to change. Yeah. So change doesn't do that much. You, you have to start with the little things. By bringing awareness. By bringing Small things awareness, matter. They do really matter.